Welcome back to In the Back of Our Minds, a podcast dedicated to bringing stuff that is at least in the back of my mind <laughs> to the forefront of everyone's minds. So today's episode is going to be the second installment of my Childhood Chronicle series, which, yes, I still don't like the name, but we already branded with it, so we're going to keep going. Um, but today's episode is specifically about women in science and engineering, or else otherwise known as WISE. This was a club in my high school, but I don't want to just talk about that. I also want to talk about kind of like my path almost as a woman in science and engineering and stuff from a very young age, like elementary school, all the way to in college now, um, where I'm actually studying a pretty math and science heavy course load. So, Let's just go ahead and get started. I have things written down in my diary, um, some paper ASMR for you here. So I will be reading from this for the most part as an outline, uh, in case you hear that. Also, my voice is kind of shot, <laughs> so I will be <laughs> drinking water and fun fact. I only drink ice water, so if you hear ice, in this video. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, that's that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's just get started. So to start off the story, oh my god, I feel like I'm reading a, like a novel. Okay, to start it off, I've always loved science. So I think I have to credit um, most of this love for science to my dad because he is a research scientist himself. So I think something that's really awesome that I've noticed about researchers in general and a lot of people who teach in their fields especially is that they got a lot of passion and fervor for their fields. You know, their eyes like can literally light up when they talk about anything related. And for my dad, I think the thing, one of the things that um, I admire a lot about him is that it's not just his field of like microbiology or like biology in general and environmental science that he's passionate about but also when he talks about science in general um and how he uses it to explain the world um I think was something that I really looked up to as a kid because it made a lot of sense to me um and when he explained it to me he explained a lot of things a lot of concepts answered a lot of my questions even now um but like growing up he used science and I think it just became a fundamental part of how I think about the world and how I view the world too. Oh my god. <laughs> so I would definitely credit that to him. I would say my love for math though um, comes probably more from my mom. Um, I think she told me that she was like really good at math at some points in her life or something like that. I don't know. She flexes on me a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, she literally like forced me to like math, I think. Because um, I wasn't um, I think very adept at it from the beginning. I remember first grade, second grade, reading comprehension, spelling, grammar was more my thing. I would do very like mid or like okay on the math sections of like standardized testing. Like it wasn't bad, but like it wasn't as like outstanding as my reading or something like that. I think that that changed when I went to like Chinese school and stuff and um, they would make us do Singapore math like workbooks and my mom would buy me a bunch of those workbook workbooks afterwards or she would just go to Sam's Club and buy me those like 
workbooks from like their book section and make me do the math in them. So, um, you know, was I forced to like math? Maybe, I don't know, but I think I found it really rewarding. <laughs> Um, doing all those workbooks eventually and so eventually I think especially in high school I did like math a lot more but that was like early on right and um, what's really cool now as is that like as a college student I'm actually part of an organization that goes to a local elementary school and um, I create with my team um, and volunteer there uh, this like engineering curriculum program for after school um, which is super awesome and a very full circle moment because I also remember in third grade, the first time that I liked science at school was when we did a circuitry unit. Um, we had those like little yellow holders for the big Duracell batteries and like the red and black wires connecting it to a light bulb. Like I remember all of that because it was very like the first time we did anything hands-on and I like could actually do it on my own too. Um, but it's really full circle because that's actually what we, um, what we have been doing this past semester. We've been teaching circuitry, um, electrical engineering, computer engineering, coding and stuff to the kids. And it's really awesome to see, um, you know, that was literally me at one point. Um, I wish I had a program like that after school because I remember not being picked up until like 6 p.m. too. But um, yeah, it, it's really full circle. So I've had a lot of moments um, in even now where I get to reflect on how nice it was to really like science and math, um, at least in later elementary school. And that's where it really kind of started. So, <clears throat> my gosh, middle school. Middle school, uh, I think the only things I did that were math and science related besides school were like math team and science Olympiad. Um, that was about it. The thing about math team and science Olympiad um, is that, at least in my middle school, they were pretty um, small. Oh, no, not... Uh, yeah, actually small. We had small chapters. And then there was also, like, a really small population of girls, respectively, for those clubs. Um, especially compared to things like maybe art, where I think that was, like, an extracurricular or a club also, um, which was mostly populated by girls. But when it came to, like, the science and math academic-related clubs... It was definitely, like, me and at least, like, two other girls or so consistently at these meetings. So that was also a little bit um, strange. And I think that's usually what happens is middle school is when you start to see some sort of division between um, genders on, like, which subjects are most likely to be followed by. Because, you know, there there is such a thing where, like, I talked about this in my Science Olympiad episode, I guess, but... Um, you want to go to the club where all your friends are, but if your friends also don't feel like being in the science club and, you know, they don't care about it, then you're also not going to go to the science club. And that was the case, I think, for me. I almost, like, didn't go for a while because even though I like science, I had no friends who were girls in there, so I just didn't feel like it was, like, going to be fun. Um, but I was wrong, so that was good, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, so that was my middle school experience. And then high school is when I started to actually um, become a feminist. <laughs> um, no, but like I I looked at my high school and this was a different school. And I was looking to see what stuff that they didn't have at that time. I don't think they had a lot of clubs. I think that definitely changed after COVID. A lot of clubs started popping up, showing up. 
but um they didn't have a lot of clubs so in high school after my freshman year i heard about this thing called girl up which is a united nations um initiative for like girls leadership development so there are chapters at all levels i think also like wise um you know it could be the high school level um middle school level probably i don't know if there's elementary school level but um you know maybe there is but so I, I wanted to start one of those chapters. And I remember talking to like the extracurricular programming teacher or whoever it was um, after my freshman year, um, right before the summer and just saying like, oh, I have this idea and stuff and I want to do it. And this is when I think it starts to get a little shaky. So I think something that is um, a kind of important to know, <laughs> at least for this story, this is a pretty micro story um, in my lifetime, maybe, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I think kind of brings up this idea nicely is in fifth grade, we had most likely two superlatives, which I think a lot of people did. Um, so it could be like most likely to be a future, like, I don't know, writer, most likely to be a future, like career. There were some also really out of pocket ones that were not career related that I forget about, but those were things too. So anyways, so for me, I actually wanted the most likely to be a singer <laughs> a superlative um, because I really liked music at the time. And I still do, but that's another episode. I really wanted that one. But instead, I was voted most likely to be a scientist, which was also cool. You know, that would have been a really nice choice, too. And I remember like being very proud of it, showing it to my parents after graduation. Like, look, especially my dad, like, look, look at this. Um, and I was like. I remember also telling my mom <laughs> there was no most likely to be a doctor award. So, you know, I couldn't have gotten that possibly in case, you know, like there was like something because I, I definitely know she either asked me or probably would have asked like, oh, why didn't you win that one instead? Um, That's that's iconic. OK, Um, but I remember like showing that being very proud of it. But then later on, especially like future years, I remember thinking back on that and being kind of like, that was kind of weird. That was like really random. Like, I think I was only voted that because I was, you know, well, one, they segregated the awards where it had to be a girl and a boy winner for each one. So, you know, what one of us, one of the girls had to win the scientist most likely to, you know, like, even if we weren't good at science or like, you know, la la la, la one of us had to be there. And then I also was like, one of the only Asian girls. <laughs> so I was like, is this, is this like certificate? Is this like thought by most people just like an actually like, oh, it's because I think she's, she's good at science or is it really just because, oh, like she looks like she could be good at science. But the whole idea of that is essentially there's this, I think, notion where I think Serena Williams talked about this in one of her speeches. I don't know if I'm just completely making this up. This could be like a dream, but um, I remember there was like this speech where she won um, best tennis player of the year or like a something best tennis player. And she thanked the committee for giving her this title, specifically best tennis player of all time or something like that instead of best female tennis player of all time, because there's a separation between how we label um, so I think one of the reasons why that award, um, for her felt 
like really special is because it, it's not just because she's the best female female player out of all time, but she's just the best tennis player. Period. Like regardless of her actual gender and stuff, it's not about that. And that was something that I think resonated back with me into a very minute situation, yes, but still kind of similar nonetheless, where like, I was like, am I really equipped to go into science or was it just I was the only one out of the girls who everyone thought like could be okay? Like, you know, if we're like, what playing field are we playing on, you know? So that kind of messed with me. And then going back to the girl up situation, um, it's kind of the notion where there's only so many spots at the table, um, especially for underrepresented minorities. Um, and you feel like you're competing sometimes against the only other person who is similar enough to you, which sucks. And that's something that I first felt really and recognized in high school. So with Girl Up, again, I wanted to start this chapter. And when I talked to the teacher about it, they were like, there's actually already a club that's very similar. And I was like, oh, really? I, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, yes, it's the Women in Science and Engineering Club. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And they're like, yeah, so you should just talk to them about it instead um, and see if you can just like combine with them or something. Um, blah, 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 blah. And so I was like, okay, I took that advice seriously. And I went to them and I was like, hi, I want help starting my own organization because I saw it as different. They also saw it as, you know, potentially different. Um, even the teacher didn't see it at the time. I don't know. He probably just, I don't know. Maybe I didn't explain my idea well to him. But I did see value in talking to these um, girls who were in like two grades above me and um, I wanted to like learn from them. So I remember like, I was like, I actually am interested in your guys' club too and I want to be part of it as well. So I remember like helping them design a website for them and stuff like that just to get to know their club more, trying to make a section in the website for also like the Girl Up chapter, like integrating our clubs kind of a bit. So we have like a really strong tie in between that can be built on in future years. Um, but at the end of the summer, it was really interesting, even though I spent all this time working on it, I guess I never thought to like follow up with the teacher, um, because I just assumed he wanted me to work with them and then figure something out from there, kind of like get prepared in a way. Um, but I saw there was already a club at our school called Girl Up and I was like, is this the same club? And the teacher was like, oh yeah, it is lol maybe you can join them and so it turns out someone else in my grade started the club which was really ironic um that like i guess we all thought of it at the same time which i guess is a good sign because that means multiple people thought that we needed it um but it just felt so like off-putting to me because i was like I told this teacher about it from the beginning of the summer like way before anyone else did um, before they did like it just felt really weird that I was kept out of the loop from this and I think that brings me back to the point where like there's only so many spots for like a club there's only so many spots for people to be a leader in this kind of movement and it just felt like oh okay so I'm I'm gonna take a backside role to everything right now and it kind of sucked because I was like it sucks because, you know, there's no one like me in this kind of club. I mean, my school was pretty predominantly white anyways, but it just felt kind of like, oh, it's 
yeah, that's, it's, that's okay. All right. So that was my first kind of like bout of disappointment with just like feeling discouraged in a way, um, in these kinds of clubs and situations. And it got worse <laughs> later on with Wise, actually. So that's where we actually get into the, the details. But essentially, women in science and engineering, um, my sophomore year, I was definitely involved with them a lot more. I kind of dropped the girl up thing because it just like, I didn't know the friend group that was running it essentially that well. And I think it ended like the year later. I, I don't think it like ended up being that popular or something or I don't know what happened, but you know, that's fine. So women in science and engineering, I was probably one of the most involved members who wasn't on the exec board. Um, I showed up to all their meetings, basically, went to all their movie nights and stuff, and I, I really did like it. It was kind of nice. It was very small. It was also new, so um, that was great, and uh, I was chosen to be one of the next co-presidents for my junior year, um, and that was really tough because it was a big transition. Essentially, all of the exec board from the previous year graduated, and they were also the ones who founded it. So it was like trying to find purpose in a club that I didn't necessarily create and had just joined that year. And also doing that in collaboration with three other people who I'd never seen before at any meetings before, but were also going to be on the exec board with me and like co-president and um I forget what the other roles were, but like maybe vice president or like secretary, treasurer or something like that. And it was a rough transition, especially because I feel like the other co-president also didn't really know what was going on. Um, and because they were a senior and about to graduate, I felt them kind of like drift off, especially in the last um, semester. Also, maybe first, you know, applying to colleges, it is a lot of time. So it felt really isolated. And the other two girls who were in the exec board were like in a different grade than me, the grade like I think below me. So I also like wasn't super close with them, but I think they were closer with each other than me. So it felt kind of isolating, which is ironic because, you know, it's a club dedicated to building community and finding a support network. And I think it was really tough because COVID also hit that year, um, the later half of my junior year. And being able to create a strong community of other people, especially in that kind of time, was tough. So I think it was really tough to transition into that role, at least for me. Um, and what was really tough was at the end of my junior year, the other two girls who were in the grade below me wanted to talk about exact positions for the next year. And I remember during COVID having the most awkward zoom call no teams meeting of my life um about that because i did not realize this was a big deal to other people and when they brought it up they were like kind of questioning me kind of asking me a lot of times why i wanted to be co-president again why i thought that was like a, a good thing for me um and i guess it's because they felt like i didn't do enough the past years or past year maybe but I I don't know. I don't really understand the reasoning too, too much. Um, I definitely admitted to, like, not always being, like, super on top of it. Um, 
but also COVID happened and we didn't really get to do much either. So I was still a little hurt um, by all of that, especially because I didn't think that people would care so much about what kind of position they were on. And that's when like, I was also starting to apply to colleges and realizing like, oh, this is a little bit of where the toxicity can come from applying to college, people trying to get things on their resume, certain positions and stuff, you know, not because they necessarily like think it's the best for them, but it's because it's like a higher ranking one. Um, at least that's from my perspective. I, these people are still amazing people regardless. Um, it just felt that way. And I remember it made me feel super insecure about being a leader of this club. And it made me feel like I wasn't good enough to be a leader, um, which was completely not true um, looking back on that. And I wish I could tell myself that, but it still made me feel super insecure, especially because it was you know, people who were younger than me, like a, a grade below me who were telling me this, um, I just felt like I was doing something wrong. So I really reevaluated and was like, I don't, I don't know why we can't be co-presidents. I think one of them really wanted to just be president by themselves. Um, and the other one wanted to like be vice president instead, if the other one was going to run for president like me. So it was just really toxic, honestly. <laughs> like they were really uh, concerned about the exec board positions for next year. And I felt so confused because we hadn't even talked about plans, like what we wanted to see next year either before then. So it felt very disingenuous. And I think that was the first time where I really felt the crack in the foundation kind of set in for women in science engineering. Um, the idea again that there's only so many coveted spots in the position and you know sometimes women can tear other women down for like positions and stuff not saying that they were tearing me down but like in general like that was like one of the closest instances I've seen or felt in my life um to that kind of situation um and it was really funny <laughs> when uh we I actually we um our advisor was like because other girls told my advisor, like, oh, we were thinking, like, we don't know how to, like, basically assign people's exec board positions and stuff like that for next year. And she was like, oh, she also, I don't think, thought it was a big deal. And she was like, you had talked to, like, the extracurricular programming teacher about it, you know, the one I was talking about earlier. And they're like, oh, we don't have to talk about that anymore. You know, Amy, you can still be co-president. Like, Amy, yeah, you can still do that. And I was like, what was the mood change? What was the switch up? Because... I remember, like, they would literally, like, write full-on, like, I don't want to say arguments, but, like, full-on title descriptions. Like, we have to have a president. Co-presidents won't work. You know, president and vice president, and then I forget. <laughs> so, it was just, like, they spent, like, two months trying to, like, convince me to, like, not run or to not go for president and vice president to do something else. And then they were like, oh, you know what? Before getting involved with like any of the advisors and stuff, let's just, you can, you can still be co-president and I'll be co-president. So it was just very toxic, I think. And I don't know if it intentionally like was supposed to come off that way, but it was toxic and it made me not like this place that was supposed to be a place, um, a community where, you know, you're supposed to be supported. And I really did not like that. So over the summer, um, after that debacle, 
I also joined another um, woman in science um, kind of club, and it was actually a magazine. It was an international magazine. So I got to work on a team to design a magazine um, for one of the issues. And I was on the layout team. And I think that kind of like resealed my faith in this kind of community of women in science and engineering as not being toxic and like cutthroat. Because for the most part, I think whenever I had like a question, whenever I wanted to ask people, like I could just send it on like their Discord server and like people were from so many different parts of the globe and like it just gave me a lot more perspective that this organization is bigger than my high school that these kinds of things are bigger than like where I live and that there are more people who can be really supportive and actually want to do better um so I was kind of refreshed by that experience and I wanted to bring the magazine the idea to my own high school and I am super glad I did because starting a woman in science and engineering magazine as part of like the wise club itself was one of the most like gratifying things I've ever done because I was actually able to build um, a community from that, at least for me. I hope it was the same for other people. I hope they felt some sort of community from that. Um, but you know, it's, it's different for everyone, but it was for me because I, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to be co-president was because I wanted to start the magazine initiative and I thought that was something that the school could benefit from. So I organized a team of people, like a team of five people, I think in around December. And, um, after like doing like applications and stuff, seeing what people would want to do in the magazine, we got you know, a couple people who were in the club before or like mildly in the club. We didn't really have like steady participation, I feel like. Um, we also got people who were outside of the club, who joined the club eventually because of the magazine. So it was really awesome because I was able to work with people not only in my club, but also outside of my club. And it was just really fun because I would literally lead meetings every once in a while, check in, see how people are doing with their graphics, see how people are doing with their articles. Um, I got to know a lot of the underclassmen at the time because I was a senior and I was just really like so grateful to start to now feel like that kind of community and just it was a lot better and I also think it was a magazine. It was something that I'm really interested in art, design, writing. It combined all of my interests along with science and, you know, all of that into one. So I was really like super passionate about that. And I was also working with a team of people who were also really talented and um, I think really wanted to also see it be a success. And I remember by the end of my senior year, it ended up being a pretty great magazine. Um, I remember doing layout in Canva for so many pages, though. It was, like, the best moment of my life and the worst of times. <laughs> like, but it was honestly so fun. Um, yeah, and seeing the whole thing come together, it was over 70 pages long. 
Um, and like we had covers, we had so many themes. Someone designed a logo for um, Wise actually because of that magazine. And so like it really elevated, I think, the whole club. And I still think they're doing the magazine now actually because I'll get like notifications from Canva saying someone has joined the workspace. And I'm like, this is, this is honestly really great. I, I am so excited that something kind of stuck afterwards and that it was something that people were able to kind of share with others. Um, and it's something that was able to be shared, I think, outside of the Women in Science and Engineering Club because I think we got our advisor to send it out to the whole school and stuff. So I don't know how many people um, read it, but I do know, I remember like some teachers were like, oh, this was really cool, stuff like that. And so it just felt good because I built a community of people I could trust in that place where I felt you know, it was originally a little toxic. Um, and I also was able to do something I was really passionate about and that was easily shareable. Um, and it's cool to see that it's still continuing on now, I think. I'm, I'm hoping that's what I think is happening. Um, but it's cool to see that it's still something that can be carried on for a while. So yeah, it ended up on a good note. And also I have no resentment towards anyone. I ended up, I think, um, I think really working well with the exec board my senior year and stuff. Um, because we were all working hard on our own on our on our own things. Um, everyone had their own like kind of project. Like I had the magazine, but um it was like other people's jobs to like plan, I think like a spirit week and um a like workshop stuff we did we did do workshops still and stuff like that for the middle school so yeah it was it ended up being a good run but there were some toxic themes and I think it was really important to talk about that because it it does happen where you can feel like women are tearing down other women but it and now like now that I do look back at it I don't I think we were all just young and it wasn't anyone's intention to do so, but society has made it so easily like done where it feels like you have to compete against other people who are like you for one spot at the table when in reality you can make multiple chairs. Okay. But yeah, and now to kind of like wrap it up in college, I still struggle um, with feeling stupid <laughs> in math and science and maybe it's not necessarily um, related to being a woman in STEM, but there are times where it has related. And this is actually kind of ironic because it goes back to my parents who initially encouraged me, I think, to become better at science and math. But um, I am majoring in an engineering subject, um, but I still am pre-med and taking biology stuff. So my mom... Um, made it pretty clear to me, I think, my freshman year. And she's less on about it now, but she told me that, like, oh, engineering might be too hard for you. Just women are not in engineering. It's going to be harder for you, like, if you do that. Um, and I remember my dad also telling me one time, um, this was really disappointing, honestly. Um, but he told me over the phone that, like, I don't, I don't know if it was, like, because I did badly on a math test or something, or I don't know what the context was, but he said something along the lines of, well, you know, it's just a lot easier for men to do math. Um, 
or something like that. Something that made me feel like because you're a woman, um, like math is just not as like intuitive to you. Um, at least that's what I got from that conversation. Um, and I don't think this is like a, I don't think anyone should shame my parents for that because those are the conventional thoughts and beliefs that people from different generations will grow up in. And that's just normal. Honestly, there's nothing honestly really wrong with it. Um, it's just how it is. And, um, you can't really like completely change those notions either. Um, it's similar to how like parents will often be in disagreement with their kids when it comes to like social issues. Um, that's just simply because the times change. People grow up in different situations. My mom was told by my grandpa that, you know, like she should just become a doctor because math and physics, even though she was good at it, were not, you know, really suitable for her. Um, so it's just, you know, the way people grew up in, in the traditions and conventions. So I don't really hold anything against my parents either because I believe that's just what they, you know, they not necessarily fully believe in. I don't think, I think my parents think I'm good at math and science, um, to their shock. But, uh, they, they still have an underlying, like, um, tone of, oh, if you think of engineer, do you think of a woman? Maybe not for them necessarily. So, you know, it still happens. And um, it is something, this this issue has resonated for a long time. I'm not involved in any, um, like, society, women engineers or anything like that here in college. Um, simply because I, you know, I think I've already found that you can make a good community and I don't really need a club necessarily to find those kinds of people because those kinds of people are in my classes too. So overall, I'm glad I had that kind of experience growing up, um, working in those and collaborating those kinds of clubs. And now I'm just taking those experiences and moving forward with them. So yeah, this is definitely a topic that I, topic, this is definitely a topic that I'm really passionate about, and I think I could have more to speak on, but this was more about my experience in the club. In the club. I've been trying to have a learning point for each Childhood Chronicles episode, and I think to sum up this episode is, this is not going to be a very like concise way to say it, but even when you feel like there's some sort of kind of social competition or there's like toxicity in your environment um knowing when to leave that kind of toxicity is really important but if you can't and you want to try to make it a better situation um going back to the basics reminding yourself of what you are really passionate about the way that I think I was able to turn a situation where I felt like was kind of toxic just a little bit um, specifically with Wise, was being able to start that magazine, finding other people who were like-minded like me outside of my high school, like way outside, you know, in completely different states and countries, um, talking with them, getting some more perspective, um, and just getting creative, really, I think is the main goal. Being able to do something that was super me with the magazine, um, and getting other people who were also super excited about it, getting creative really was able to kind of re-hone me back to why 
Y's or those kinds of clubs did work for me. So getting creative, I guess, is the idea behind it. Um, Getting perspective from others is really important whenever you feel like you're in an almost burnout situation or a toxic situation that you don't feel like you're passionate about anymore. Getting creative and finding something again, like little things, even littler than a magazine, littler, more little than a magazine, I think is one of the biggest takeaways that I've took from that and being able to find those little pockets of stuff that you can do to make you excited about something again is a really great way of doing that. So thank you for listening. This was a super long episode, um, a little bit late. I'm trying to upload bi-weekly. It's been a little rough at school, I won't lie. <laughs> um, going through some rough patches with my grades, going through um, exams where I'm not doing too hot and feeling very dumb about a lot of things. But it really does happen to everyone. And if anyone else feels this way, you really are not alone. Um, even though I felt alone in this process and like the dumbest person alive, um, there are other people who also feel that way. And it's not true. You are very smart and intelligent and capable, no matter what anyone else says. And I will see you in hopefully two weeks. <laughs> Okay. Bye-bye.